Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Rachel Vella. And I'm Suzanne Mushin, and you're listening to The Big Payoff Podcast. Rachel and I have been best friends and business partners for over 19 years, and these are the conversations that we're having about work, even when we're not working. And you know what? We bet you are too. Today, we're going to give you the strange secret to getting satisfaction from your job, even a job you don't like, maybe especially a job you don't like. Here's what you're feeling right now. You're not happy at work. You don't like what you're doing. You show up every day and you're dragging. You just feel like you're pulling yourself to get into work. You look in your inbox and nothing appeals to you. Getting started on any particular aspect of your job just feels brutal. You have a new assignment and you even, maybe you're even a little optimistic when the boss first walks in and is like, hey, I want you to take on this. But the minute you look at it and start to think about what it will actually take that day to get this assignment done, just it, nothing about it interests you. So you feel sort of halfway in, halfway out. Your mind is telling you, yeah, I better get this done. And the rest of you is going, you know what? This is a fucking waste of time. Uh, <laughs> You're describing my life right now. You're describing exactly. I, I really hate to say this because. Was that like this whining? A, were you just like, were you, that I a was growl? Gro- it was a groan. It like a growl. Deep, from a deep place. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I really do hate to say it because it's our biggest client right now. But so this is a huge, huge project. And we need to do it in a way that yields us, our core business, as much of the money we're getting as possible. There's a lot at stake. And there's a lot at stake. And a lot of what needs to be done is not native to you and me. It's just not what we would choose to do. Like being nice to clients? Like doing work. (laughs) (laughs) Me no like worky. Me no like worky. So... We, you know, the first thing I did as sort of the person running this project, the first thing I did was hire a couple of really smart people going, okay. And in the back of my mind, I have to tell you, Suzanne, I was thinking, oh, they'll do all of this shit I don't want to do on this long list of stuff that I know has to be done in this project, which includes a lot of traffic copying and project management and scheduling, figuring out when certain parts begin and end. And I'm just, 
I, I, the easy thing for me to say is I'm just not good at that. But the fact is I freaking hate doing it and therefore I avoid doing it. Okay. The further I get into this project, the more I realize um, they're not going to take this off my plate. And just literally on the way to this show this morning, I was thinking I was having that familiar feeling of yeah. dread. And when you just said halfway in and halfway out, yeah. that's the feeling of like, well, someone's got to do it. But, uh, not and, me. Please and you, not me. And you're, you're thinking you can stay at that equilibrium of I'm just going to be half in and half out because I, I don't know where else to go. I can't quit. And yet. We're going to reveal to you what you can do yeah. because there's a secret to getting yourself out of this stuck place that you feel and it's completely counterintuitive. So we're going to get you out of this, Rach. We're going to, we're going to fix this. Oh my this. God, you're going to hire someone. Oh, I'm going God. to get a new best friend and business partner oh. who likes doing those things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> who likes doing all those things. Done. You know what I realized, Suzanne? This is literally on my way to the podcast this morning. I thought I I was getting on the subway and it was starting to pick up speed. And I realized, oh, I am waiting for someone on the team that I've hired to grab the steering wheel of this train, this pro, this fast moving project train and make and, and drive this freaking train. And it's not happening and it's not really their job to do it, but I don't want to do it. But meanwhile, this train is driving without a driver. So let's get a driver. Here's actually the truth about the situation you're in and, and the situation anyone's in, even if you're not, Rachel, in your position of being the lead on something, even if you're a what you perceive to be one of many people in a team that's much larger, it doesn't matter because the answer is always the same. Instead of opting out, stepping away, backing off, going halfway, you actually have to go all in. You have to own this and grab it and get into it in a way that might make you feel kind of nauseous, actually, at first, because every part of you is going to be fighting the system, your system that you've just set up of like, I'm out of here. But the only way out is through. And the miracle that occurs, I think it's psychological. I think you, it actually is in some ways operational because you start to do things physically and intellectually that you haven't done. You become happier. Well, I can't, I, you know, I can't believe that it, it, yes, of course. And I've said this about relationships too. When people are on the verge of breakup, it's like you can, to my daughters, you absolutely can break up with this guy. You can, but the only way out is through. So, You've got to actually, if you're married or something, go to couples and then, and get, get out if you want, but there's no bailing. Right. And when you said this, actually, what I realize is as you're saying, grab it, own it, so much of my resistance is simply fear. I have this little voice in my head saying, I'm not good at this part. I'm not good at project management. I'm not good at this. Who can I get to do this instead of me? That story has to dissipate 
when you grab the steering wheel and own it. You know, the phrase that if it's in your head, you have to immediately get rid of too is, oh, I can just phone it in. Oh man, there is, there is no phoning it in. That's what's making me miserable because in the end, here's the deal. Okay. Whatever it is you're resisting, taking ownership of, it doesn't mean you're not going to be responsible for when it fails. So you actually don't have a choice. When this thing crashes, you're on board and you are going to get smashed up and blamed. So if you don't grab the steering wheel, nobody else. And so much of this, Suzanne, is looking for a savior. I'm looking for a savior. So I want to give this story even more emphasis by looking at the flip side. So now I'm going to talk about how I felt, and Rachel, you know this because you were there, as a boss, as a manager of someone who wasn't owning their work, who was phoning it in, or maybe not phoning it in, but maybe had an allergy to really to ownership. Well, ownership has a lot of parts. Okay. So part of it is taking responsibility for the piece of it you don't want to do, but is actually yours to do. You're so right that diving in instead of being halfway both makes you do better and enjoy it more. But the other half of ownership, the other piece of ownership is when you fuck up. Get on it's that yours. Too. Get on it. It's yours. So I want to tell you how this feels as a manager or boss when you have an employee that isn't taking ownership. For many years, I had an assistant and she was good at her job in the sense that she had great EQ. She was very dynamic. And, and when people met her, they'd always say, oh, she's so amazing. Linda's so great. And I, I agreed. She was, which is part of why I kept her on for so long. And there were many things she did perfectly fine. The trains were running. However, about three times a week, something would fall through the cracks There would be a meeting that I went running to and I'd show up and it had gotten taken off the calendar, but she didn't clear it from my calendar. There would be a plane flight that I thought was at 4 p.m., but was actually at 5 p.m. So I'd get to the airport and be sitting there for two hours. Like nothing that ever sunk the ship, but they were little, little glitches. Oh, I I remember I was on the receiving end of every (laughs) single one of those moments. And so here's how this plays out. I would contact her. Not because I wanted to shame her, but just because I needed her to be good at her job. And I would say, Linda, you were looking for her to own it. Yes. I I would just call her and want her to have the moment where I say to her, you know what? I'm at the airport and I got here at three because you have it in my calendar that my flight was at four, but my flight's at five. It's not the biggest deal. I can do work here, but I just need you to be more focused when you put things in my calendar. And instead of owning it, instead of saying, just having that little moment of going, oh, I'm so sorry. That must be so frustrating. You're right. I I didn't update it. She would say, right. So your flight home is at 9 a.m. And that is confirmed. I just confirmed that. Or she would say she she would have fixed it, which is which is even trickier. So you would go. So I'm here for three hours because she said, oh, I just moved it so that now you're on the four o'clock flight. No problem. Yes. And so it's fixed. And yet she has paved over that moment of ownership. And it was it was such a flaw, a, a flaw in not I'm not. It's not a character flaw. We're trying to 
share with you that these are fixes you can but so, but let's let's look for a second at why you needed her to own it because it wasn't that you needed her to have a moment of shame or humiliation. No, no. Why? Because it is very important. Why? It, and this goes for when you're arguing with your partner at home. Why is it so important for them to spend one second saying, "Oh, that's true. I fucked up on this," or "You're right. I." made a mistake. Why is that so important? Well, I can tell you because <laughs> I, so I had this recently, not just recently, I have it all the time with David. David says to me often when we're arguing, one thing, Suzanne, that really triggers me is that you, you repeat yourself a lot. So you keep making the point over and over again. And when I finally got behind that question of why am I doing that? I, he's right. So I own that. He's right. I I've thought to myself. You said then, that twice, by the way. You did repeated, I? You repeated yourself. Really? You said he's right. He's right. <laughs> go ahead. Oh God, that's go ahead, so go ahead. Go ahead. Horrifying. Um, I got behind it and said to myself, and then to him, it's because I'm waiting for the beat where he looks at me and says, "I hear you. You're right." And I don't want him to say you're right because it's. It's shaming or that I'm okay. I'm always right. It's just the moment of ownership. And then I'm good. Right. Then I can move on. Because then I won't have to repeat this. Right. And same with Linda. Right. Once you've owned it, I know you're now taking it on and you're going to think about it tonight or whatever. And there will be less if zero chance that this will happen again. Otherwise, it's on me. I'm carrying yes. it to bed. I'm thinking about it. I'm having to repeat myself to you. That is exactly right. This is the counterintuitive thing, and it's so true, Suzanne. I know, taking a deep, deep breath here, that if I own this piece of this project that I do not want to do and I've been looking for someone to save me from and just recognize, Rachel... It doesn't come naturally to you, and you have been able to delegate it a lot in your life, but not now. So you have to do it, that I will have so much less dread about this entire project. Even though it'll be hard, I will be in it. Oh, yeah. And and I know that from now on, I'm going to make you own every mistake. You've ever made. <laughs> and I'm going to repeat myself. My commitment to you is that I will in turn repeat myself constantly every time I'm annoyed. So the, so the, the big takeaway here on both sides is the only way out is through. Do not try to bail from that which is yours. And do not tell us you don't know what that is because you do. No halfway in, halfway out. No phoning it in. Deal? Deal. If you like what you heard, you can find us at BigPayoffRadio.com, on iTunes, on the Acast app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters. All right. How was the show? How was that? It was okay. I just was talking to Paul out there and he was saying, um, he was saying, 
what you really are looking for when you're repeating yourself there is just affirmation. You want affirmation from oh, yeah. David that, that he heard you. And that's really true. It's like validation, affirmation. I wanted it from Linda also. Yeah. It, because you don't want to feel like just because I'm pointing something out that I'm a bad person for doing that or that I'm crazy. I, I just want somebody to look at me and, and say, yeah, affirmation is a good word. Just and, say, and, yeah, I hear you. It's true. And the other thing I'm feeling after this conversation is now I really am kind of like publicly committed to doing this, <laughs> on this project. But Suzanne, I realize how much of it is I'm afraid I won't do it well and then oh, I'll get blamed. But no. the thing is, it's like, well, what choice do you have, Rachel? What choice do you have? Also, what it's so rare that I've ever seen you really say to me, oh, I'm just that just sucked. Yeah. What I just did with that client just sucked. I, I, oh, because I never own that. You never own that. The thing, <laughs> one more thing that it made me think of is the person in our lives, in our work life, who owns everything so much that it's like, oh my God, I can't, that's amazing, is Melissa. She's in it. Everything. Oh, is I like, haven't heard her do that. Oh, no. every single thing she's doing, she feels a hundred percent responsible that part, for. Yes, that I recognize. It's, and it's that's it's, why I keep calling her a beast. Yes, it's like she jumps on everything. Everything, like it's red but meat. it's really it's it's amazing. Yeah, there is not. She would never be halfway in, halfway out. She wouldn't be. And good does the ownership does. work the other way? Do they go oh, together? Yes, she oh, owns yes. when there's a. Oh yeah. Oh, so they go together. Then they go. Together. That's interesting. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 